Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the 16 ounce canvas video edition. That's right, it is season 16. And as you may recall, or maybe this is your first time joining us. Either way, thank you. Make sure that you like, subscribe down below. We are working to get all the uh, archived episodes uh, up here on YouTube. So I think people are really enjoying that as well. And if you're checking us out via our normal platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, iHeart, we thank you and we appreciate you. Uh, remember to follow us, 16OZ Canvas, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now YouTube, and also wherever you you want to listen, 16OZCanvas.com is the website. So we thank you once again for joining us. Season 16 is here. We're super excited. We can't believe that we've had this many seasons, this many episodes, and this episode is a special one. Uh, Daniel Endicott is this week's guest for episode 100. And 81. Uh, 181 is a prime number, which is exciting given how uh, large a number it is. But uh, as you'll see over my uh, head up here, uh, right there, is one of my favorite paintings. It's a, a Daniel original. And Daniel and I connected really from the early infancy of the project. It was recommended uh, to me to check out Daniel's work. He and I started kind of engaging and interacting, and I was just a big fan of what he was doing you know, the labels and being kind of in the Philadelphia, you know, right outside in, in Ambler, PA, we really just kind of, you know, hit it off. And he requested, you know, obviously he immediately said that he would do it, but that we try to do the interview in person. And so that was really exciting. We uh, met at the uh, old Forest of Maine offices, which is right across the street from, you know, the, the restaurant and their new space. And the day that we did our interview, they just... Uh, that week or recently gotten the you know sign off on their the space the, that location so i got a tour of it and every time i've been home to the philadelphia area i make sure to stop by and you know the family we've gone there and the, the food and and drinks and just experience was was wonderful so catching up with daniel is you know he's someone that i'm glad to call a friend because of this project he's just a all-around good person he's got you know, good energy and just really, you know, working hard. And so it's exciting to catch up and see how far, you know, the team there, Forest of Maine, has grown. You know, there's some exciting new information that we share with this episode. And all in all, it's just, uh, it, these are the episodes and reason, reason why we're doing season 16 is just to catch up with, you know, with folks, you know, like Daniel. So I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as I do. Like I said, it's a, it's a special one for me, and it's really just a great opportunity for me to, you know, celebrate, thank, you know, the ma many wonderful people that, you know, we've teamed up with, you know, over the years, right? Years is crazy to me. So that's just a, another wonderful uh, opportunity uh, for us here to do that. And you know, we obviously look forward to, to getting together in person when it's, it's possible. Uh, unfortunately, you know, we were supposed to have Daniel be part of our New Haven show back in 2017. So if you do have one of the shirts, you'll see it says Endicott on there. But, uh, you know, I love his work. I love what he's doing. And it's really just exciting to see how they have adapted and grown during these, these tough times. I also want to take a quick moment to, again, thank our sponsor for the month of January, Athletic Brewing. They're just a wonderful group of folks over there. And I just couldn't be happier for their continued, you know, success and growth. And one of the things we've kind of mentioning and, and hinting at in the past 
is the fact that uh, in the month of February, which is when this episode is airing, February 2021, uh, they will be releasing a non-alcoholic sour beer called Soul Sour. And why that's exciting is for many reasons. It was a dream or kind of a, a vision of two of the employees there uh, to come up with uh, this beer in celebration of Black History Month. And as part of that uh, launch and kind of ideation was that the proceeds from that would go to an organization near and dear to my heart, Beer Culture, which as you may or may not know, I am the managing director. Uh, Beerculture.com, culture with a K, because we're changing up the culture in the beer industry. And it's just a really wonderful thing because on top of that, you know, we have interviewed uh, Sam Kelly and Kevin Simo from Fairfolk, who's based in the Boston area, who does the labeling for uh, Trillium and Athletic, respectively. And they reached out and see if there's anyone that I would recommend, you know, to do the labels. And we were able to connect them with uh, Rachel and Ryan Adams, who are, again, another group uh, of folks that are just near and dear to my heart. Um, they were the wonderful uh, artists, uh, you know, Ryan was, who did the, the Be A Good Human glass that we had. And so just for it to come full circle, the label is incredible. It just brings together their two unique styles of art. And I think it's a really positive you know, thing and the first of many more uh, amazing things between beer culture and athletic brewing and you know, here over here at the, the 16 ounce canvas. So cheers, cheers to you. We thank you for listening. And again, check it out. 16OZ Canvas, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you're here, obviously YouTube and Forest Domain. And make sure you follow along with my friend Daniel Endicott and all the wonderful people over there as they embark on some new and exciting adventures. Side note, fun fact you may have noticed. Uh, I think early uh, video episode we did with Craig, we were talking about Santa and uh, an awesome shirt that I was hoping to get. This is the shirt. It is amazing. It's probably one of my favorites. Chris Farley, Tupac, and Kurt Cobain. I mean, the, between the three of them, that kind of accounts for a lot of my uh, younger days. Uh, as you can see from here, there, those are few and far between. But uh, really loving it. Had to rock it and rep it. You know, uh, you know rest in peace to, to, to all those uh, pioneers and people who have impacted my life. So here we go. Episode 181. Yes, it is a prime number. Think about it. See you next week, folks. <laughs> How have you been? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're okay. We're, we've been pretty lucky. Uh, my dad just got in Philly, just got over COVID. So, uh, that's, uh -huh. that's been, that's been the biggest worry recently, but well, all things considered, my wife is a teacher and stuff. Uh, it's a little stressful, but we're getting there. How about you? Can't complain really. I mean, uh, everyone's healthy and relatively happy. Uh, so yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's, I, I try to take the positives. Obviously I would, I would travel a lot for work. So, I mean, I probably, I, there's a, there's been a good couple stretches because of my wife that I have both boys home with me and I don't know, it sucks some days and I'm not a good teacher, but right. I don't know. Just like the, just like kind of see when they get those moments or like you have these like special things. I know you do stuff with your daughter. Like it's just, I don't know. Long term, I'll remember that much more than any meeting or business trip I would have gone. Yeah. That's a very good outlook. Yeah, because I can't. I, yeah, I can't do anything about it. So I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I have days where I'm losing my mind because, like, you're literally in my where I'm at, like 
day and night. So yeah. Yeah. No, I feel the same way. I mean, if we're uh, I don't think we've the three of us have been separate for more than a couple hours for the last year. So <laughs> it's like, oh, you want me to go to the supermarket? I'm in. All exactly. right. I'll run errands all day long. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah. So this is just really just kind of a catch up. There's no. It's less formal and. And I thought it was to connect and see people and see what you're doing and just kind of, yeah. yeah. How long has it been since we've spoken? When was that? Well, I was looking it up. It was episode 20, 24. But I mean, you're like the first person, one of the first people that were like, I love that idea. And I was like, really? Right, right. Okay. Yeah, all right. I mean, yeah, sure. Sure you do. Yeah. Yeah. Episode 24. And yeah. Yeah. You're like, you're like my, yeah, early supporter. So I, uh, yeah, so it's just cool. Every time I come to town, I like see how, I think when I first, we first interviewed at the office, you just, I think that day, maybe you just closed on that big space, like within that week or something crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So that was probably five years ago now, I think. I yeah. Know. Well, yeah, you were it was in, yeah, about four, about four years ago. So, I mean, I think it was, we went in there and it was just raw and you're like, we just yep. got the space and you had, you're like, and I was like, all right, cool. And then I came back and saw like next phase. And then, we, you know, the family went there for drinks and food. And yeah. Uh. Yeah. It's, uh, you wouldn't recognize the space now. It's full of empty cans and uh, empty bottles and filled bottles and filled cans. And it's basically like a warehouse space now. Yeah. Um, you know, we haven't had any customers in since almost a year ago. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Been weird. Uh, but our business plan has definitely shifted our business model. I guess. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, yeah, we're lucky that we're we had a canning line in place and space that we can store extra cans, which was always the problem before when that space was open for customers. So it's now just like a warehouse space, which is weird. Yeah. Now, how is that for you? Like, how do you how does it go? Like with brewing and just logistics now, like how has that impacted with everything? It's been huge. I mean, luckily, uh, Brian, our brewer, has been real instrumental in figuring out ways to make more beers. And, and in some ways the process of making the beers, I, mean, I guess the, the brewing process is still the same, but it's simplified the flow, you know, whereas we used to have to wait for bright tanks to empty before we could fill them up with another one. And you're just like, you're hoping you have a busy weekend so that you get that beer out of there. But now you fill the bright tank up, carbonate it, you can it, it's empty, fill it up again. It's just, it's a much simpler way to, you know, plan for the breweries, brewing side of things. Um, just, yeah, beers go in, beers go out versus you know waiting around forever so well yeah i mean i think early on you 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 know you wouldn't you just knew that you wanted to be do beer and right and i think that you were just that was the thing if you've been if i you know folks you've been in the space you kind of just like macgyvered everything together the lines going here and popping out over there and so the idea that you can step back for a little bit and you know kind of come up with phase two three or four whatever this is and uh it's but yeah i think early on i was just like we, this is what we want to do and i'm not sure how to do it yeah very accurate. I mean, uh, we knew we knew how to make beer, but that's about all yeah. we knew how to do at that point. Um, we didn't know how to run a restaurant or a business. Um, and uh, yeah, but we got a bunch of big pots and pans, for lack of a better term, together and uh, made some beer. Uh, we're currently, um, if I think if we talk in a week from now, I'd have a much more concrete answer or idea. But we're we're making a big expansion pretty soon, um, so it's kind of comical to go from that that brewery to the one which we're hopefully putting a deposit on uh next week will be a computerized state-of-the-art brewing system so gonna go from one extreme to the other pretty quickly <laughs> yeah like 
Yeah, no. in a in a nice way. I don't associate you guys with technology. I, I mean, you, you guys no, are kind of grinders, yeah. Yeah, I feel like we're uh, kind of in, we'll be sort of imposters with this new brewery. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, that's exciting. Now, considering the amazing real, like you have your office, then you have the restaurant and the other place. Where is this? Is it going to be across the street again? I mean, you guys have <laughs> your realtor is amazing. We're running out of space on that corner, and actually, we no longer have that office. Um, so I have a home office now that I work in. And Jared does the same at his place. We realized we were spending a lot of money on an office space that we didn't necessarily need um, when both of us could do what we're doing there at home, mm -hmm. uh, which was nice because we had that in place like a year before the pandemic hit. Um, so I think the last year would have been a lot more stressful had I not had this home space already set up mm -hmm. and uh, ready to go. But uh, yes, yeah, so we don't have that office space anymore. We just had the pub and the new space, but this, this new brew house, um, would go we're nothing signed yet but we're again like a, about a week away from hopefully knock on wood if all goes well signing a lease on a building that's about a block north on main street um, so we're staying on the same street in the borough and uh it's a much bigger you know six thousand square foot warehouse with tall ceilings it's traditional brewery you know the american brewery that you know of. Um, right yeah, I think that, that was another great thing. I, I, we done our interview with my family. We got to spend some time in the UK. And I just thought like with the, with the cask and everything, I, just, I thought of you like every stop. I was like, it just became like, I, I mean, they had great beers, but I was always just like, the first beer I had, no matter where we went, was the, was the cask, like pull the day. And it was great. It was just great. It just, it just kind of was a way to immediately kind of like tra transition into the, into the culture of the, or the bar or the neighborhood. It was great. They're like, oh, you're American. You're getting that, and I was like, I, I can get, I can get IPAs anywhere. I'm like, it's kind of weird. You guys have these here. Like, I don't, I don't really want an IPA right now. Yeah, whenever I'm over there, like uh, we went over there last year, and Greg, who works with us, was amazing. He knew I loved Cascale, but like I think for the whole week you were here, you didn't have a single beer that wasn't Cascale. Um, so that's just, you know, why you're there, like you said, why, why drink anything else? Then uh, it was, it was wonderful. I mean, it was, it was great. Yeah, just going to see football, like just going to the pub and watching everybody's watching. And I know you guys have Eagles, you know, people norm, normal times watch the Eagles games, but right. it was wild because everyone is just cheering for the same team. And it was like this, like almost like utopian, like euphoria because yeah. that I was like, this is amazing. I was like, all right. So I'm like that. I might cheer. I mean, I'm not sure if I'm a Tottenham fan, but like I always think I was, it's like, exactly. Yeah, we were in East Hackney, and it was just like it was great. Just walked, and people were going crazy. Uh, not at all a sports person, but I, I can easily see how you get wrapped up in that. And it's just, it's yeah. It was, it was just, it was just like okay, and everyone, yeah, because usually sports is like button heads. I mean, I get they have a bad reputation sometimes, but it was great. Yeah, it was great. One of my favorite memories from over over in England. Uh, I was at the pub. This is when I was studying beer over there. Um, we went to the pub at like two in the afternoon, I think had a beer or two and then went somewhere else uh, and then came back. And in that time we were gone, a, a soccer game, a football game that happened. And they came back from the football game and the pub was like trash. There had been a fight. Like, it's just like totally different world. I mean, it was like, it was, it was crazy, but that's, yeah, they just get so wrapped up in it. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it's beautifully concerning. <laughs> <laughs> so we're in your studio. Is it, this is where all the magic happens? So you kind of converted Converted. Yeah, so this is the attic of my house, um, which is unfinished. I guess like pretty much two years ago at this point, um, I drywalled it. It was already insulated and nice windows in there. So all I had to do was drywall, which is 
not to say it was a fun or easy project, but um, yeah, so I have one half of this, which is basically where I do all the label design and just art for fun. Um, and then uh, the other side, we have like a second living room where family can hang out and which has been great for the past year where my daughter can be over there and mm -hmm. I can be working. She's doing either schoolwork or just playing. Um, so yeah, having this at home has been, you know, so valuable. How's your, how's uh, Daniel, the homeschooler? How's that? How are you at the, uh, I'm not very good. <laughs> Luckily my, my wife um, has been doing that this year. I, I was in charge of that last, last spring. She was, my wife was finishing up her own school. Um, so she graduated in uh in may so i was full-time dad in charge of the virtual schooling last year and i, I was not very good at it um but yeah. I, I know i'm not a good teacher i don't have the patience for it um yeah yeah, yeah well, i i trust them too much like my wife teaches eighth grade so she has no like she doesn't believe anything kids say like in, in a nice right. way but so she, like, so she comes home and like checks my work that i check their work so it's like a whole because i'm like oh yeah you did that and she's like well did you see this or yeah. On this screen, he had this special class today. I was like, oh, okay. It's a lot. I uh, have a newfound respect for, for teachers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've got to have an agreement. Like, I don't, it's not spoken, but if anything's like messed up or we like, there's like so many passwords. So right. I, I'm the one who'll be, I'm the one who kind of falls on the sword with like, dear, you know, Miss Welsh, uh, I lost the password, you know. My wife's like, I can't be like, I can't be embarrassed amongst a fellow teacher. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll take it. I'll take it. Do they go to the same district that your wife teaches at? My oldest does now, but at a different school, but they at least get to go to, they're in person four days a week. So they get to go to school together, which is a really cool because she would kind of always leave before they would either get up or start their day. So he doesn't like, he's not a morning person like his father. So he doesn't love that aspect of it, but they do have, they have the like music they listen to. They have like a little routine, you know, yeah. they've been on a big uh, Jason Isbell kick and like, they'll talk about the lyrics and stuff. So it's kind of cool. Right. That's great. Yeah. I miss, uh, miss drives with the, with my daughter. You know, now it's just like, well, she's homeschooled now, but uh, our bus stop is right outside the front door. So we haven't had a, a long morning drive together in a long time, but I do. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I appreciate that. Like I would go, I'll go to Fox farm once in a while. And I mean, I didn't even get out of the car and I probably told the story before, but it's just nice to, it feels normal to have to drive, like have a, have a place to have to get to that's further away yep. that you can kind of dive into, you know, a record and just kind of just feel normal for a little bit. Yeah. Things we look forward to. Yeah. I mean, the music, thankfully, yeah, music's helped get through it. And I built for you too. So, yeah. Are you doing any uh, DJing at all, or? <laughs> yeah, I've, I have right like to my left over here. I have my turntables, and I try to do like a mix once a month, cool. and it's been fun, like a good outlet. So uh, I've definitely gotten better in the last like year and a half. So when you guys open back up, maybe I'll be able to DJ dad DJ dad bod it up, is what I call it. <laughs> DJ dad bod, yeah. That's our crowd we're going for. Yeah, exactly. Right, it's been good. Yeah, it's so, it's fun. Um, so this is the space. Then all your photos of like the exposed wood and really like you're all like. This is all yeah. Um, ah. in, uh, my photos for the pub or. Well, just kind of in general over the years when you would show stuff, and I know there's a couple of videos of like you and your, you know, working on stuff. As you yeah. said, you put in the drywall, but it, it had more of like a much more, like attic-y like house feel yeah. to it. So so I'm impressed with your I'm impressed with your handiwork here. I am well, not I a handy person. Uh, can't see all the flaws and <laughs> oh yeah i have these shelves up here i'm super proud like i 
because I was just sitting at this wall. So I was like, you know, I used the drill and I put them in. They haven't fallen yet. It's been a couple of months. So I'm like the little things. Yeah, we got we got one of your paintings up here. I love that. That's one of our, like it's in our, choosing our, uh, near our fireplace. We, yeah, it's one of our favorites. I'm honored. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a very nice and bright space. You know, a lot yeah. of windows behind me, windows on the wall, um, boring stuff. But yeah, really nice and bright for working. Um, and it's great. Have a whole nice workflow here, computer, and then just drafting table behind me. So everything I need is up here. Very convenient. Mm -hmm. so. Now with all the, you know, without, with pushing out more beer now, I mean, the amount of labels you're doing and even the styles, you know, of how your labels are looking, you've really kind of, you've been trying some new, you know, yeah, techniques exactly. and, and spacings and, you know, you, I, I really, it's really been exciting to see that, but uh, the, the, that's one of the outputs of realizing that all this new beer means uh, Daniel's got to come up with more work. It's been I mean, definitely my busiest year. It's weird that, you know, some people I feel like are, less busy at work, but the last year was crazy for me. Um, you know, as a result of putting every beer into cans now, um, it's that many more labels I, I have to do. So it's, I average about two two a week, I would say. Mm -hmm. so last year, it's like 110 new labels. Um, but uh, but yeah, definitely, it's been cool. Jared and I were talking about this yesterday, where making that many more cans this year has kind of forced us to step back and look at these cans and the different families of labels that we have. So we've we've certainly like uh, kind of directed more styles of, of our brands, I guess you would say. Um, so mm -hmm. like our, our British style beers have kind of ad adopted this one style of label and IPA is a different one. And, you know, so go, we went from sort of a haphazard, just kind of make art and put it on cans to just a more refined, like uh, branding uh, for different beer styles. So right. Right, because early on it was you would it would kind of play into your you were creating a piece every day. Then you would say, okay, we have ten beers coming up. These are the ten things I have. And then you know, as it got to the end, you'd be like, well, we you know, round peg, square hole, this label for that. So, are you creating your art to? Are you creating labels specifically now with the beer in mind? Um. Yeah. I mean, for for some of them, they're much more specific than others. But um, definitely, you know, I'm thinking of each beer when I make it. I mean, it's like when you we do roughly like an IPA a week. And I, in terms of the IPAs, I'm not as specific, but I know it's got a certain feel. It's usually brighter colors, a little more like psychedelic and just kind of mm -hmm. fun. And then um, like for the Saisons, I've been doing more pattern work and uh, a little more like illustrator, you know, graphic design feel to some of those. And um, then for the British style beers, like I was saying, that it's much more of like an abstract, watercolor that's kind of collaged in Photoshop and turned into this, I call it like windows, like these little colorful glimpses on a, on a starker background. So definitely thinking about specific beer when I'm making the art um, and uh, some of them more so than others. You know. And the, the uh, bottle, yeah. bottle still have much more of like a, a set kind of narrative feel to them. Um, although we're doing some, some are a little more like abstract watercolors these days, but um, but yeah, we're still keeping the bottle labels a little different from the cans. So now, yeah, that was where I was going to go. I remember you had this story that you wouldn't tell me, but you know, <laughs> is that still how, how is that? Is that still part of that? Yeah, for sure, it's still happening. Right? Certain, I think we've we've like fallen into doing a little more like we're like fruiting some beers a little heavier now, like some barrel aged saisons, and those kind of have a different feel. They feel a little more 
akin to like the cans, you know, just like the abstract watercolor labels. But for more of our traditional saisons and barrel aged saisons, we're keeping like that narrative pen and ink watercolor feel to them. Um, so yeah, it's sort of like the cans we've within the bottles we've had a few different sub brands, I guess. Yeah. Do you still have a story to tell? Is is we that? Uh, you know, we're still figuring out the story, um, but uh, you know, yeah. With each, each label, puts it a little more under the microscope, and we figure out a few more characters and details. Um, but uh, yeah, we still don't know enough of the story to to put it on paper yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I had the pleasure of eating at the restaurant. The food was amazing. When my family, it was everyone was, and we still talk about it. So that's uh. It's high praise from a, a very critical Philadelphia family. So, I, yeah. So how, I mean, like I, one of the crazy things about you is you literally wear so many different hats of, you know, in, in the, you know, by choice, which is crazy. Um, uh, how, how is everybody doing kind of, how is, you know, dealing with the, you know, with multiple, you know, intertwined businesses during a, you know, during a pandemic? I mean, how, how are you doing? Like just. It's good. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's forced us to streamline we're not streamlined, but maybe define our roles a little more. Um, and uh, another part of that is part of this expansion we're doing. Um, our brewer, Brian, has actually invested in the company. So now there, there are three of us, um, which is a big, big change for us, but we're really excited for that. And, you know, we couldn't be happier about that. Um, but it, it's in doing so, you know, we have a new business plan and all that. So we've kind of defined our roles a little more. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's been, it's been good. It's been busy, but like a different type of busy where when the restaurant and bar was open, it was, you know, there were problems would come up that you just, you never expected, you know, Friday night or weekend, whatever. but now it's sort of just like, all right, we, you know, we we're releasing these beers this week. Um, we, we know what the label looks like. We can get a description for the beer. We want, we want to post about it on Tuesday or whatever. Um, and you know, the most unexpected thing is just like, oh, cans or labels didn't show up when we thought they would, um, which is an easy problem, you know, problem to deal with. So, so yeah, it's made our lives much more regimented and structured, which is, is nice, you know, as much as we like the fly by the, our, the seat of our pants, you know, that's gotten us this far, but, you know, it's nice to have things a little more spelled out and predictable. Yeah, they say what the first year or two of like any new business that's, you know, make a break and so you just do what you had to do to get there. And, you know, here we are, you know, years later. And I don't know, you're growing up, Daniel. I don't know what to, I don't know what to say. Yeah. All right. I know it's weird. It's really weird, but uh, I, I've settled into this nice routine. I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. I, I see like a couple of you, you up there, like a pipe. You, I feel like you, yeah. Like, a, just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have my dog sleeping behind me. It's very peaceful. <laughs> at your feet. Yeah. Now, were you impacted at all by the aluminum I mean, the aluminum shortage, which everyone just kind of talked uh, about? Luckily, so far we haven't been i mean it's it's and that's that's probably a result that we're ordering a little more in advance now um but like right now we're we're waiting on a shipment of cans for next week which hopefully they show up um so it definitely impacts us a little bit like we we're going to can a saison i guess yesterday but the saisons all get can conditioned so it's like a two-week at best lead time until that beer is ready to sell um, but we decided to not can that so that we have those cans for next week in case things happen so it, it is affecting us a little bit, um, but not like, I think we're in a nice little middle ground where we're not ordering so much 
that it's hard to fulfill our order. I think we get like the trickle down from some of the bigger orders. Um, so I, I know some other big breweries that are bigger than us have been affected more so than us. Um, but knock on my luck, you know, hasn't hit us too hard yet. Um, but we'll see. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's like our lifeblood right now. If, if we can't put beer in cans, it would, uh, it would not be good. Yeah. Now, how are you getting it to the people? Is it curbside or do you, is there delivery options? What do you, what's like, what's it like in that area? Delivery, like, I, I think the Tuesday after the weekend that everything shut down, we, you know, we heard back from the PLCB that we could legally deliver beer. And um, we had two guys on the staff at the time that were, were huge for getting that up, uh, up and running. So we got the website running and then started selling beer that Tuesday. And it was, it was wild for like the first month or two of shutdown. It was, they were delivering two, two people like four days a week delivering. Um, and it kind of, it just crushed any expectation we had for how much beer we would sell, um, through that, through that route. Uh, since then that that's kind of trickled down as the weather warmed up and people were more comfortable going to like curbside and all that. Um, so now we're doing 90% curbside and we deliver one day a week. So we're doing deliveries today. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we do a farmer's market on Saturdays in Philly. So still just kind of, we, we're not doing any in-house pours. We haven't done that since last March um, and all just to go. So it's nice. Yeah, we've, we're gonna get slow to adapt, but we, we've got some deliveries, but it's not everybody does it. And it's been it's been good and some states some beer breweries can ship to us some can't i mean i think everybody can but it's just a pain in the ass i think with you know how connecticut does it with each skew and how you register everything it just it's like a huge undertaking so a lot of people just said it's not going to do it it was uh it was huge when i guess whenever ups decided they were going to ship beer and that's it's like every brewery is shipping a pa now you know truly a mother half uh Aslan, I think the Vale's even shipping PA now. So, yeah, it's it's definitely changed the business plan for a lot of breweries. I think. Yeah, we've and been getting how long it continues after things really open up, but I don't know why these breweries would stop doing it. It's like you know, another way to sell beer. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna plan when I visit my family in Philly. It's gonna like because I can't, I'm just gonna have it shipped oh, yeah. to my dad's house and tell him it's for him, and then it, you know, siphon off my my cut. Yeah. Yes, I think we're hoping to start shipping beer at some point. Um, we just have to figure out the logistics of packaging and all that. But as someone who's beer trading, it's a pain in the ass. And I just and like so like I think there's like some shippers you can get. I know uh, Second yeah. Shift, Second Shift in Missouri does it, and they use like the whale shippers, and it's like pretty clean. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for us, it's like the website side of it that we have to wrap our heads around. I mean, none of us are really IT guys, and it's like right now we have a website set up to do deliveries and online orders so to add that in just like, yeah it's a little logistical nightmare that we have to figure out but we'll yeah. get there now you mentioned the new space i don't want to jinx it but are you, are you i'm thinking big walls murals like you know we have one big wall for a mural i think um we're still still wrapping our heads around what the actual space layout will be like i mean um strangely enough there won't be that many walls there'll be a couple big walls but a lot of them will just be behind brewing equipment sure. um, so jared and i were actually talking about this yesterday um, we won't have that much space for murals or artwork um but we do have one nice wall in the entryway that will put something fun 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're always known for our bathrooms. So there'll be some fun artwork in the bathrooms. Um, yeah, definitely. Now, will you, will, you, will you keep the restaurant and the, and the main space as well? So the restaurant, and we haven't formally announced this, but, um, but I'm comfortable saying it on here, the restaurant, we're, we're not going to reopen the restaurant. Um, so, which is a big change for us, you know, but having gone a year now without the restaurant, our business is in a, a better place than it ever was with with that open. So we're still we're not you know we're I think we're going to keep the pub or the new space one or the other. Um, but so lots of decisions to be made. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be weird whatever happens. Um, but yeah, so we you know one, once we officially sign the, the lease on a new space on a new new space. Um, <laughs> Then we'll be able to start making decisions about what's going to happen but until then you know yeah. uh, we'll see so with with brewing so many beers has have you is there any new styles or things that you've always wanted to do now that are you can kind of for sure i mean um we finally we made our first lager um which was huge for us you know nine oh, i guess it's been nine years of brewing beer almost nine years open uh we've never had a lager but Brian, Brian was instrumental in making that happen. Very passionate about that. And uh, well, yeah, you know, our third batch of, well, second batch of lager. So we're doing like our, we call it our house lager, um, which hopefully will just be available year round in cans and on draft once draft gets back. Um, so the second batch of that, then we did another lager we called field lager, which is made with local malt, um, but both phenomenal beers in my opinion. I'm really proud of them. And uh, yeah, so lagers have been huge for us. Uh, we're actually selling a lot more of the British style beers these days, which is surprising. Um, I don't know what's changed, but you know, we're selling more of those. And I don't know if you saw, we're doing those like the bag in a box beers, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. So it's a five liter kind of like wine in a box bag type thing. And uh, sort of mimics the Cascale experience at home. So it's very low carbonation, serve it a little warmer. Um, but those have been huge. Um, like people have really enjoyed those. So we do do about 50 of those every, every time we can up a bitter or a pub ale that we call them. Um, and yeah, you just set it on your countertop or basement steps or whatever. And you have like 10 pints of Cascale at home. Pretty cool. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, I have one right here. Yeah. Yep. See this thing? Yeah. Yeah. We... Yeah. Those, those guys out of primitive, they were great. We picked their brains before we jumped into it and they were, very helpful and they're all yeah there's good people we work with them through uh, beer culture i just got it came in the mail from colorado uh yeah and so it's it's exciting they, they had sent me one when we first teamed up and I just, it's in the fridge so it's not perfect but I, I was like i didn't know what to do with it at first but once it warms up a little bit it really it's really all i mean it's just i don't know people i just love innovation i think when people are creative and you know everyone's had heard of the, the joke of box of wine but like in reality, that really has been monumental and some cool stuff, right? Exactly. I mean, I think that the reason it's a joke is like you just don't get really good wine in boxes, right. is that, you know. But in terms of, it, yeah, it's a great way to serve it. Um, I think I think it's akin to like how people thought cans were bad for beer at first, um, but then they realize it's actually you know better way to serve packaged beer. Yeah, it's even just just logistically stacking them in a truck, you know, it's just exactly. you, you exactly. get more space. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of innovation that's come out of the pandemic. Uh, but I'm curious to see 
how it holds on when things return to normal, whatever that is. Um, right, whatever yeah, that is. I think there's been innovation in terms of packaging and distribution, like we were just talking about deliveries and everything. And uh, yeah, just business models. I think, you know, a lot's going to change. Yeah, it's, ex it's exciting. I mean, it, I, it's good to be able to find positives out of a, a dark time. One of the yeah. ones I've seen on the flip side is, these, is like four ounce cans. Have you seen those? I have, yeah. like Huge beer, like huge stouts. Yep. Like, I love that idea. It makes sense. I mean, I we, we've done a few Imperial stouts that aside from a sip on canning day, I haven't had. It's, just like, it's a 60 ounce can in my basement and I don't, you know, I don't want to open a 10 ounce beer or 10, I'm sorry, 10% beer. But yeah, if it was a four, four ounce can, I'd, you know, I'll have that. Um, so yeah, I think that's great. Although the logistics of packaging a four ounce can. You know, oh, I, yeah. And I, yeah, labor and everything. Yeah, many more machines, aren't, yeah, machines aren't calibrated for that, but yeah. So, we'll figure out ways. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're actually, we're working today. We're, we're bottling up a test batch of us. We call them soft seltzers. So non-alcoholic, um, lightly carbonated kind of like sodas, uh, for lack of a better term. But, uh, even that we're doing these 12 ounce beer bottles and like the, the number of bottles, you know, have you done it in a 750? It's just like so many more bottles that we have to fill and cap and all that. Um, but we're really excited for those. I mean, we're, we're big seltzer fans, um, non-alcoholic seltzer. Mm -hmm. So uh, Jared makes these really cool, just like uh, lightly, lightly acidic, really fruity kind of carbonated beverages at home. Uh, so we're, we're, Excited to get those in packages and see how they how they do with the market. So we're missing missing dry January by a few a few weeks. Yeah, I'm finishing up, but when this airs, I'll be done. But yeah, it's been good. But that's the farthest in any way. We're always like a month late, and uh, you know, so that's it. no. I think I think that market is not going anywhere. I think it's especially exactly. yeah. Especially, I mean, I know it's for active people, but I think where people can't go to the gym and stuff, they can have a drink and not feel like they feel fat or whatever, you know. So that's been good. Yeah, it's been good. I just do, I mean, I usually do it with the gym. It's kind of a cheat code for the holiday holiday fun, but it's just, it's more of a, it's more like a mental clearing thing. I don't think it made me feel less though. So in hindsight, I've, I'm going to watch the classic Cinderella and be like, ready? All right, here we go. Right, right. Yeah, but it's good to just be, uh, make yourself be a little more mindful of what you're doing. And Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm older now. I just think, Beer, beer is an important part of my life, but I think that it's, you know, if you let it get to if you, an unhealthy relationship with it, then it doesn't, you know, yeah. you, and I have to be mindful with the kids, right? You know, like yep. I have all this beer on the house and if they told somebody that, it's, if I think I was, uh, you know, dr drinking, oh, there's all these empty cans, you know, or all this beer art and people calling my dad all the time, like, all right. You know what I mean? So, social services might show up and be like, can we have a little talk? Yeah. Yeah. As a, as a brewer, I'm always, you know, hypersensitive. I did, I did a career day last year, <laughs> daughter's school. And I was like, I can't like, I don't, I don't, don't want it to be about beer. Um, like there's such a stigma. I don't know, talking to first grade kids about beer. Um, so I had them design a label for a seltzer can um, or no, a bottle of water. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, I'm probably way too sensitive to like other parents, you know, being critical. Um, it's probably mostly in my head, but it's yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely. I mean, you yeah. you're an entrepreneur who had an idea and went for it, and I think that's that's what we're taking away from these unique journeys. I, I think that whatever the normal job is nowadays is kind of gone, and I, I think that's awesome. 
I, I think, you know, Astrid, my daughter, seven years old, she doesn't really even know what alcohol is. She, she knows, you know, dad makes beer and drinks beer. Um, but she has no concept of like alcohol, you know, affecting you mentally, physically or anything. Um, the other day, we keep our seltzer out in the garage and she went, she said, can I get a can of seltzer? I was like, yeah, sure, go get one. So she went, there was also a can, a case of Truly, which my wife drinks um, <laughs> next to it. So uh, it's like 8.30 in the morning, she comes back in and she's so proud. She's like, yeah, I got mom a can of seltzer too. I was like, oh, that's nice of you. And then my wife sends me a text and she's like, she brought me a Truly. I was like, 8.30 in the morning, our daughter's walking back in. Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, she thinks it's just seltzer. It's, you know, so. Comes across like, the, you know, the classroom check-in. It's like, oh yeah, I got it. Run <laughs> seltzers. And it's like, uh, yeah, that's my favorite. When when my boys are home, the the second grade teacher, her patience level is amazing. She's always so chipper. Either she's like and like so happy, like oh, oh my children, so great. And I'm just like, you're amazing. I, I send her emails every once in a while and just say nice things to her. I'm like, you're just incredible. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. <laughs> it's like she's just like, um, can we please mute uh, our can we please mute our computers, everyone? And kids are just like. Like I know the rules now. Like, don't bring anything if you want to show something. It has to be next to you. Kids like will leave and they come back. My son will walk in. I'm like, you're in class. He's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, are you what? We're we're in your studio. Are are you still traditional, or have you dabbled more, a little more digital? What's doing a little more digital than that? I think that's as a by default. I mean, um, just trying to get like a. A little more variety in the labels mm -hmm. and uh, yeah something new it you know i i've always enjoyed putting restrictions on myself as a way of like being a new finding a new mode of creation um so whether it's like giving yourself a new tool or taking a, another tool away um i find it forces your brain to think outside the box so so doing a few labels completely digitally has kind of opened up some new pathways for me but um, for the most part, I'm still 100%, well, not 100%, still mostly making art on the table back there and then bringing it into the computer. Mm -hmm. uh, doing some kind of, I call them digital collages where I make, I think I was doing this at the time for a few labels when we talked a few years ago, kind of make a bunch of color swatches with watercolors and then import them, cut them up and kind of paste them together in different shapes and whether it's more of an illust illustrative thing or just a completely abstract thing. But yeah, just different tools for different labels. Um, and certainly finding, I've learned a few more tricks, you know, we're doing uh, with the website for online sales, I had to learn more making like composite. So it's like a digital mock-up of the cans. So they all look the same background. Mm. It's like, it's pretty wild what you can do. Um, where it has like, you know, a 3D model of the can and then you slap the sticker on it all digitally and it wraps around and creates shadows and everything. Um, so it saved me a lot of time. I was trying to figure out how to get a nice white, perfectly white background with a camera. I was like messing with lights and everything. And just like this, you know, two minutes on the computer and you have, you know, a mock-up and out that that's clearly not a real can, but suffices for online, you know. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that whole like learning that when people are like, oh, I made this logo, and then they would show you 10 renderings of it as a sign and a shirt and all this. And I was always like, well, what? 
Yeah, and so and it's, I, forgot what, I forgot what Adobe programming is, but the 3D rendering stuff is, is pretty amazing. Yeah, very cool. Um, so yeah, some new, some new digital tricks like that. Um, yeah, China, for the soft seltzer labels I was talking about, we're trying to have a very different, much more graphic design feel for that. So that's taking me outside of my comfort zone a little bit um, in terms of doing like a label fully designed in Illustrator, um, just like shapes and, and all that. Um, so still not 100% finished or happy with it, uh, but it's it's been fun to learn new skills like that, you know, for an old dog. Um, yeah. So. Every time I talk, yeah, you're, you're told about this gets bigger, but. Um, yeah, right. The trouble's I, remembering the stuff once I learn it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's neither here nor there. I always just look at, I save every file pretty much, and I look, try to just remember something I did that's similar, and then you start from there, which has been good, yeah. But you've done, I mean, you know, I wouldn't say you do a lot, but you've probably done maybe a couple labels for other people. That that was, that was had to be weird. I mean, let's be, yeah. And I'm actually, uh, I'm starting to do some labels for a local coffee roaster. I'm working on that next week, I think. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird because I, you know, I've created my own style for Forest Domain, which is really just a result of the, the way I make art, you know. Um, without thinking of it being a brand. But now that I'm doing a few projects for other people, it's like, well, how do I make this distinct from Forest Domain, even though it's my hand, um, still doing it. And uh, yeah, I think that's where those digital tricks kind of come in. And, um, you know, different color palettes, different different mediums and techniques really helps. Um, yeah. But it's fun, it's, a, it's another way to kind of like step back and look at your work and uh, it's, it's very challenging, but very rewarding. Yeah. Now with I me, mean, I, I know for me, like mental health has been like, has it, we've had some tough days with all this going on. You, you, you've always had kind of a good process with your art. Do you think that's helped kind of be, you know, kind of normalize all of this for you? Because it was always part of your routine anyway? I think so, but that's also not to discount the fact that there were some, some pretty rough and dark patches, you know, throughout the last year. Um, Nothing terrible, but yeah, it's it definitely. Uh, I think like last spring was difficult with being home homeschooling, and you know, just the you know, the prospect of having to shut down everything and lay off ten employees mm -hmm. permanently, pretty much, uh, was was obviously not fun. Um, so yeah, the routine I think has been very helpful. Um, I'm also good, good or maybe bad that I don't show the. I tend to only like show the positive stuff on Instagram and um, make it seem real rosy and whatnot. Um, but yeah, there, there, you know, there were some tough times. Um, but I do think having a clear job to do every day helps. Um, just kind of, like, it's like I need to get this label done by Thursday, whether whether I'm feeling good or feeling bad. Um, mm -hmm. I have to get off the printer. So yeah, that, that's been it's been helpful. Your, your your art is always pretty vibrant, and I think that's like you, know, you like does does that come into play at all? Like if it's a shitty day, like like does yeah, that? It's that much more difficult to make that vibrant kind of outwardly happy piece. Um, but and that you know that's where I think like right when the pandemic kind of started and we shut down, I was I remember talking to Jared. I was like, what do I even like? Anything I put on a label right now feels 
feels wrong. You know, it just feels like, I don't know, no one wants to see this weird, colorful thing on a label. It's like, you know, what do, what do we do? What, um, what can we make that's not a commentary on being alone or being stuck at home? Um, and I remember for the first time we decided to use a photograph on the label and it was a picture of the cherry blossom tree that's out front of the pub. And just like, you know, so there were times like that where it didn't feel right to make any bright and cheery artwork, but it did feel right to kind of like take this bright and cheery photo of a place that we all love and miss at the time and put that on a can. But, uh, but yeah, there have been times and, you know, I don't need to say that the year has been weird for everyone, but with the political unrest, the protests and everything, there were, there were quite a few times where it was just like, what the hell? What can we put on a can that feels right? That's not, you know, saying something we don't want to say or mm -hmm. painting too rosy a picture of the world. Um, so yeah, there have been some big challenges, but um, Jared's very good at putting words to, to images that fit the mood, you know. Um, so I'm very thankful to be working with him. And I always, you know, bounce stuff off him and he, he just, as a knack for saying the right thing or picking the right picture at the right time. So definitely good teamwork there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the fact we're even cognizant of that and thinking like, not only you're trying to survive as a business, but we want to make sure we're respectful of the greater community. I mean, that's one of the things I've always admired about, you know, you guys in the, in the business is you're in that community. You really feel that, you know, the, the experiences that you, you know, it, it's very, it's more than just beer. It's a, it's a, it has a, everything seems very deliberate and downplays it, but just it's very thoughtful. And I think that's, yeah, that makes sense. I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised to, to hear that. You've always, you've always been a deep thinker in, in a good way. I like it. Yeah, keep trying. Yeah, that's all we can do today. We'll see what happens tomorrow. But uh, you, you mentioned photography. You shared that a little bit with some, you know, with the world. Are you, are you, you know, you still shooting as much or yeah i mean i i was just outside taking photos or i had my daughter taking photos um i've trained her to be a little uh photo assistant you know um but yeah it's i've i've really expanded that side of things over the past year um we now um, i mean i've always i've done the photo photography for the brewery for i guess our whole lifespan nine years now um and gotten slowly more and more into it you know purchase cameras purchase new lenses um now with the space being closed to the public i was able to and with us doing more regular beer releases and new cans every week um i decided to set up like a ordered some backdrops and got some professional lights so i have a pretty cool little like photo studio set up there on the stage where, the, where we used to have live music um and it's it's been great i have a good friend you know him nick um who uh, is doing, doing the amazon prime series about us yeah uh, He's a professional photographer and has just kind of shown me the, the way to, to get better photos and better equipment. And uh, it's fun. He and I try and sneak off every now and then to go have fun photo shoots, um, beer or people, you know, but he's just been great. He's uh, opened me up to these new, uh, not new, to vintage lenses. Uh, so they're really cheap on eBay and you get an adapter to use with your digital camera. Um, and they just capture light differently and they've been a lot of fun just you know 
doing more photography for, for the brewery and and uh and also that, that was weird just trying to shift from all of a sudden we're trying to get take photos to lure people in to the not lure people to attract people to come to the brewery drink beer on site you know whatnot but now it's like on a dime it was kind of like how do we get people to want these beers you know we can't highlight the the place anymore it's just like it's strictly about getting these beers to go home um and then also like convey a little bit more of the like if, if your only route to people is instagram or facebook how do you like keep them engaged with the brand um, so that's been an interesting challenge just how do you how do you show the culture of the place without actually without people coming into it um, so yeah. it's been a fun challenge for sure yeah, it's been yeah even that like some days i'm just like i can't i don't even post it. I, don't, I don't know i just kind of sometimes i feel like you're saying before i force myself to put stuff out there but i'm just like uh i don't know i, I felt it was gonna go to the holidays i was just like i'm taking a break i'm taking a couple weeks it was just yeah it was, it was just kind of nice I, I mean this isn't my full-time thing but i just exactly. love it so much but sometimes it's like i was up till like three o'clock in the morning last night trying i started this video thing i don't really know what i'm doing so i I use a few programs and the video that came out today, there's like a little piece that's not right and I couldn't fix it. And finally I was like, well, that's, that's it. <laughs> yeah. I did my wife. I was like, I'm not Martin Scorsese. I'm not Steven Spielberg. Like this is kind of a vulnerability. So yeah, it's great. I'd like to consider like this is the best I can do now, but I'll yeah. improve. Um, it's literally a snapshot, right? We're talking about photos and, I think yeah. that, like I have all these, I found all these and I keep putting them together. I have all these old roles and I don't know what's on them. And I know I probably should go get them developed. I've told you before, I don't trust the stoner kids at Walgreens to do it. So I'm trying to find like a proper place, but I think in a way I don't really want to get what's on there. Like I think the idea that it could, it could be anything. Cause I don't know what year they're from what point in my life. So for me, it's like when I see them, they could be anything. I'm excited about that. That's cool. I actually just started shooting film too. I'm, I'm going to find some place to mail it away. So I'll let you know when I find it. I found one place. I think I might just send them one roll and see how it goes. Cause that's yeah. why you're like, they're like getting emailed. Dear sir. Sorry about that. Here's your $9 back. And I'm like, that's not, it's not worth the $9. Yeah. All right. Um, but yeah, I do like the idea of not, not ever developing film. <laughs> that's kind of funny, funny concept. Just taking pictures, but never seeing them. Well, yeah, because when I do these, I realize I, I'm not always, I, if I have a story, I really like, I, I tell it more than I probably should. And I keep saying I gotta do it. And I, yeah, maybe, I don't know when, but uh, the Walgreens guy always kind of has me a little worried. They're like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know what, film, what's, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> so uh, one and a half more questions. You're always a music guy. I mean, I think one of the bands you probably was King Gizzard, you know, and that's, which is really cool. I, that comes up a bunch. I've had that rec recommended at least half a dozen times on episodes. So it's kind of a nice, like, Daniel, Daniel's ahead of his time. Um, I've had people that are ahead of me that I follow. <laughs> yeah, so what are, what, are, what are we listening to these days? Or kind of, I know you you play in, in, the, in the, the the house band, you know, when you, when you can. I haven't played you know? for a year now. Um, but yeah, sadly, I think the last time I played was like last October. Um, Maybe practice a few times after that, but um, man, I've been pretty bad with new music lately. I don't know. Um, just in a rut. I think it's a 
or yeah, not nothing new. I'm not looking for you to be yeah. Casey Kasem over here. I'm just like, yeah, what are you listening to? Yeah. Um, today I was listening to, or this morning, you know, the Pellicle, the magazine, the UK magazine. Mm -hmm. They they just released a playlist from uh, Corey, the beer photographer, UK beer guy, or used to be that. You know, now oh, Corey Smith? Yep. Now lives in okay. He put together a really nice playlist of just kind of ambient, kind of spacey music that I was really enjoying. Oh, good. But, folks, uh, folks, he's a pre previous guest, so go through the archives right. as well. But another band I've been really into lately is Beak, B-E-A-K, and then I think it has the greater sign, Beak, greater than. Um, Super easy to find and marketable. Never thought that. Yeah. I think, uh, I'm pretty sure he was the drummer for Portishead. Oh, okay. So, uh, it's really, it's drum, guitar, bass, or no, drum, bass, and then guitar. One guy plays guitar, keyboards, and just really cool, spacey vocals, um, but just great kind of background music. That's not just pure spacey ambient. Yeah. So, really enjoy Do you listen to Krungbin? Do you know them? Yeah, I enjoy them a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, once we got turned on to them, that was a, that's good. Uh, and then Camp, it's like two A's, C A. When, you, when we say it to Alexa, it's like Camp. Yeah. But uh, they're more like bluegrassy, kind of like strip down. I really like those. And then, you know, obviously the Fish and the Dead are pretty regulars, and then Jason Isbell is probably another fallback for us. So, yeah, it's like I don't, it's maybe three or four piece, but it's like pretty. It's kind of like Ray LaMontagne meets like the Brothers, but like early Ray LaMontagne, where he probably smoked like a lot and had like a really grainy voice. Yes. I like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, John Prine this year, unfortunately, you know, after he passed away, but I never really listened to him much, but I've enjoyed him lately. Yeah, you realize like how much they like you can see the connection points where how they impact other people yeah, or I love that. oh, that's your song okay cool and it's like yeah yep. music is yeah, music's been the steady but um yeah you know i just can't thank you enough i mean for, for the last couple of years i mean when we started the idea you were probably one of the biggest supporters with it's and you know how much you shared and listened and were part of it so i just it's just great to catch back up obviously it's not how we would do it and We've been, we keep missing each other in 3D, but you know, I just, I, I, I keep you in high regard. Anything I can ever do for you or Forest to Maine, yeah, it's a no brainer. I, I think the wall to me. Oh, thank you. Likewise, AJ. And uh, hopefully we'll hang out in person soon somewhere. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll make it happen. Yeah. One way or another. Um, but yeah, you always have a home down here. So next time you're down. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I talked to you a new place, so I, I might have to space it out. We're going to have a, a real estate mobile. But um, yeah. yeah hopefully, uh, Knock on wood, come come this fall, we'll have a new new space, you know, and, and the world will be back to normal. So we'll I look forward to it and we'll bring the family, the extended Philly family, and everybody will come. And uh, yeah, so anything I can do, but just uh, know you're we're thinking of you and please, you know, be safe and uh, yeah, tell everybody we said hello. Likewise, AJ. Thank you so much. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. All right. See ya. Cool.